Hey guys, this is Joy. And this is Claire. I don't even know how to start this episode. And I was really hesitant to be like chipper because I had this feeling yesterday where I'm like, I think I'm in a midlife crisis (laughs) and I don't know how to talk about it. I don't know what I thought you were about to say, but that is not it. That's not it? Okay. Let's pause. (laughs) So... Let's give a little context into the last, like, 10 days of your life. Oh, my God. When we last left our heroes, Joy and Claire, you hadn't even gone to cadets graduation yet. No. You've been through a lot. I've been through a lot since the last recording. And this is why I hate recording in advance when there's a lot going on. So many reasons. Because so much happens. And then when I listen to the episode, I'm like, oh, my gosh, so much has happened. This is old news. But you can probably tell from my voice that I'm getting over something. Uh, I did have covid so that's a fun news alert. Yay. Where do Claire I begin? Enjoy. Where do we want to start? Claire and Joy finally got COVID. That's a good place to start. It, I wonder if this is how it feels for the Great British Baking contestants when they like know how the season ends <sighs> and we're all like freaking out about who goes home in week one. Yeah. And they're like, old news, old news. Yeah, that's so true. Pretty much the same. We're pretty Last much episode. the baking show. I was over it. I was over it. Well, oh my gosh. I don't even know where to begin, but I will start with Cadet's graduation. All right. So we go to her graduation on Thursday. We leave Thursday, June 9th. We get there. I'm so excited. It's just like the most amazing feeling of being able to be reunited with her. We had the agenda. They were like, okay, get there at nine. You're going to meet the graduate and then you'll have an hour with the graduate. Then you'll have an hour with your dog separately and then the graduation ceremony. So we were prepared for that. Scott wasn't feeling great, but he tested every single day and it was negative. And we think it was allergies because we have two huge cottonwood trees in our backyard, not to mention just the neighborhood has a ton of cottonwood trees and it's a horrible time of year where it just looks like snow. It looks like snow is coming down from the sky because there's so much cottonwood in the air. So we're like chalking it up to allergies. Fine, fine, fine. And he's worried because he's like, if this turns into COVID, like I, I, I'm not going to go to graduation. And I'm like, it's not, I'm not like willing this to not be COVID. And by the way, it was not COVID. So we thought, you know, like you can only test so many times. He tested every single day, sometimes twice a day, because we were so worried about going to this graduation. We were wearing masks and clear face shields the whole time because the graduates need to lip read. And so we had clear face shields and it was all protected. So he was able to go. That's like spoiler alert. We were just kind of worried the whole time that he was sick. And I was worried because I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to go to this wedding in two days. So it kind of like starts out a little bit stressful where God bless Scott. But when he's sick, he's like insufferable to be around. He's just like constantly. (laughs) Is Brandon like that? You know that he is. Well, I mean, I know he stuffs tissues uh-huh. up his nose like yeah and that yeah i mean that's really just indicative of the whole thing if you're new here and did not know this about my husband he takes wads of toilet paper anytime he has a stuffy nose and is like the least bit sick takes wads of toilet paper shoves them up his nostrils and walks around the house with a blanket over his head like moaning anytime he's sick yeah. and i'm like just if you're gonna suffer can you go do it in the other room do you have yeah. to like ha- do, you- do you have to and- be like the ghost of whining of literally you know, ghost and of illness just walking do you have around? to right do you have to be like the ghost of husband's past like you might as well day- like give him chains to shake around the house and be like uh. right <laughs> It was so great though. The other day he did that and he like had allergies and he was had these snot rags in and he walks out and Evie had said like she wanted to read a book, I think. 
And Brandon was like, okay, hold on. And so he goes into the bathroom to shove the toilet paper in his nose. He comes out and Evie goes, take that out. And I was like, I agree, Evie. Brandon was like, come on, it's time to read. And she goes, no, take that out. I was like, you, and he listens to her. But I was just like, yes, now Evie is in control and she knows what's up. Anyway, so yes, he is insufferable. Okay, I couldn't remember. He tries not to be. Yeah. He's gotten better. Okay, Scott has not. He he just, just, he just gets... He gets very whiny when he's sick. I don't know. Anyway, so it started out kind of stressful because I was worried about that. But we got there and I felt great. And he was still kind of like feeling so-so. We get there and like the hotel wasn't ready for our room. Or like our room wasn't ready. So we had to wait a long time. And my battery on my phone was dying. And I like had food that I wanted to eat in the room. So like the whole beginning of the day, we were just kind of like fighting and gripey with each other. And I just wanted to go in the hotel room and like sit and eat my meal. But it was a great hotel, by the way, the Seabird. It was wonderful. If anyone goes to Oceanside, it's the cutest hotel. And they were really nice and like gave us some upgrades because they like didn't have our room ready for like five hours later than we had checked in. So the graduation morning, we get there and we meet immediately. Well, we kind of like meet with the Canine Companions graduate coordinator. It was so good to see people in person. Like a lot of these people remember I graduated with a canine companions dog. So I knew a lot of the people going into this and seeing them face to face, you know, actually it was a little bit bittersweet because flying in, I, all I could think of was like, Oh, the last time I was here was we were turning cadet in. So it was a little bit bittersweet from there, but it's so good to see a lot of the people like familiar faces I knew in person. And so they kind of give us the rundown about the graduates and like what to expect. And So we walk in and we meet Amber, his graduate, and immediately, I don't know why, but like immediately I was like, she is not at all what I expected. I didn't know what to expect, but she's not at all what I expected. It was just kind of like, oh my gosh, you just not at all what I expected. And she was just so sweet. And we immediately sat down and talked for like an hour and I was kind of like nervous. I think I had nervous energy just because like it was so it's like the most surreal feeling in the world to like be there. And so I think I had a bazillion emotions going on because I was nostalgic for Canine Companions, which is just like has a special place in my heart from the history that I have there with JT turning in cadet and having that memory. And then all of a sudden, the overwhelm of being there and we were with seven other teams. So there was other people there that were meeting their dog and you know, kind of everyone was just like nervous excitement. But I remember sitting down and we brought the baby book that I had made of all the photos of Cadet when she was younger. We brought Cadet's favorite toys that she loved when we were raising her. So immediately, instead of just like giving her the bag, I just start opening everything in the bag. I was like, here, here here's some things that we brought you. (laughs) And so I opened the baby book and I just started going through pictures and then immediately start crying, which I'm like, It was so weird because following, I don't know why I think that I'm going to be able to hold it together, but the entire time I'm like, fine, totally fine. People are talking to me about cadets graduation and I'm like detached because it's been six months since we've seen her. So I'm like totally cool as a cucumber. Yeah, it's great. We're going to see her graduate. She's she's going to be a hearing dong. Wonderful. This is the joke that I play on myself. This is where last year when I was turning her in, I kept saying, feel your feelings because what I tend to do is stuff them down. And I'm like, it's going to be fine. It's going to be great. This is just like a transaction and no one's going to cry. That did not happen. And so immediately going through the baby book, I start bawling my eyes out. And I feel kind of dumb because like, you don't want the graduate to feel bad. You don't want the graduate to be like, um, 
you know, I guess um, I'm stealing your dog. <laughs> yeah, Sorry. But she was, I mean, and, and it, it was, I was not like crying from that place where I was like devastated and heartbroken. I was just more like, oh my gosh, this yeah, is the like, memory. Right. It was more like, just like, what's that happy- word? What's that word? Where are you? Come <laughs> on now. Emotionally. Uh, nostalgic. I was super nostalgic. And then I got, I got to the picture anyway. I can't talk about it, but, and I'm going to cry. I will no. say, by the way, that like I don't think you were playing it as cool as you think you were going up to it, because maybe you thought you you were like imagining that you were projecting this very like cool as a cucumber, like oh yeah, we're just gonna like meet her and hand her off. But like, uh, <laughs> I mean, you didn't get that emotional, but I feel like every time you talked about it, there was this like kind of nervous energy about it a mm-hmm. little bit. So going through the baby book and I start crying and I was like, dang it, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to start crying. You know, I kind of like apologize because I, I don't want her to feel uncomfortable, but she was just so, so sweet. We had a lovely conversation. She talked about what led her to get to CCI and get matched with a dog and kind of like her expectations of what she thought she wanted in a dog. And like when she met cadet and it was just, it was lovely. And then, ah, fuck. They break you. <laughs> I'm so pissed that I'm still crying over this. Oh, I have to go back to work today. Um, they put you in a room and then they're like, we're going to bring your dog out. And then I hear her name and she comes up to us and she's like cute and happy and smiley. And I posted the video. Um, that she just like, you know, she recognized us and she ran up to us, but it was like so clear that she wasn't our dog anymore. And that was like, it was like so good. It's almost like Sandy put it this way. Cause I kept saying it was like a boyfriend you had to like let go of. And she's like, it's actually more like when you marry someone off, like a daughter or a son. And they're like, you have this like very heartbroken feeling of, you've spent your whole life with them or whatever, and then they're gone. And I, and I immediately thought of um, Father of the Bride, where Steve Martin is like, oh, it's not my little girl anymore, and she like gets married off. I'm like, yeah, that's... I don't know how it feels to marry off a child, but like... And you know how I feel about comparing children to animals, but that's like the closest thing that I could think of was like, she... Because everyone's like, oh, did she recognize you? And even the trainers are like, they'll recognize you. But, and she did, but I was like, oh, and she's moved on. Like, she so wasn't. So did they, did they tell you that that was going to happen? Oh, no, no, no. They don't tell. Oh. And it's, and I don't think, I don't think people are like analyzing it as much as I kind of like innately knew. But like, she's like playing with us and being right. She was excited to see you, but she wasn't like, oh my gosh, you finally come back for me and like. No, which I think would be worse. It would be worse. (laughs) I completely agree with you. It would be so much worse. I think it'd be so much worse. But I think like I didn't expect that. And so, and I didn't like get all these like emotions, I think, till after we left. But like, it was really hard because you're so happy, but you're also like, oh, she's gone. Like the finality of it was really hard because she was like gone, meaning she's moved on and 
like throughout the whole grad or training, you kind of like see her progress and like, you know, she's still in training. So you're still kind of like the point person for her. You kind of like, you know, you're the, not the owner per se, but you're the point person for her. Right. You're the emergency contact. Yes. And (laughs) you're still getting her reports. You're still like the person they call if something goes wrong. Yeah. And so that's kind of like where I was like, oh, it's, she's a graduate. Like she's a graduate dog. She is, she was amazing. And she was so sweet and so lovey. But that's where I was like, oh, she's not ours. And like, I want to be clear. It's not like I was mad about it, but it just kind of breaks your heart at the same time. And so we like got to spend an hour with her. We took like a bunch of pictures and, and it was great. And then we do graduation. And I think the coolest part for me, I mean, I cried through the whole graduation because it was so cool to just see how these dogs are going to change people's lives. But um, I think the coolest part was when, so people who watched it, you may have seen like on the left side, all the puppy raisers sat and then on the right side, all the graduates sat and um, the puppy raisers and the graduates would beat in the middle and the puppy raisers would turn the dog over to the graduate and like pass the leash, so to speak, is like the ceremony that they've done over the years. And they do this with like every graduate service dog, hearing dog, whatever. And so the thing that I noticed was all the puppies or all the service dogs with the puppy raisers, when we were sitting on the left side, all the dogs were really kind of like squirrely and they were like moving around. And you may have noticed like cadet was kind of like walking around a lot and like rubbing up against me. And they all kind of had this like weird nervous energy and not in a bad way, but I definitely noticed it. And the second they all got like turned over to their graduate, the dogs were just passed out asleep, like next to their person. And I just remember thinking like, oh my gosh, like it's perfect. Everyone has their match and they're comfortable and they're settled. And it was like so cool. It was so cool to see. And, you know, she was very in tune with Amber like the second Amber would walk by, Cadet's head would perk up and she'd watch her. And I'm just like, oh, this is, it was amazing. But that was so hard to leave. And her family was so generous. Like they were like, anytime you want to come stay with us, you can stay in our house. Like Amber's parents were there. They were so kind because they're all from, they're, considered local they're like only an hour away from Oceanside and so her parents were like inviting us to stay with them and they like really meant it they were so genuine her grandpa was like giving me a hug and her grandma was so excited and like really spunky and said something funny that I can't remember but she just like made me laugh so like it was all in all like that was just so beyond perfect and it was just I think emotionally so hard to this all of a sudden go on an airplane and like fly to Arizona and then go to a wedding like then that weekend. I would never, I don't think I would have done it like that ever again. Like next time, like don't plan back to back trips because not only that is Scott decided to stay home for a number of reasons, mainly like 
managing all of our pets and the house and his work schedule. I'm like, I'll go to the wedding. It's fine. Like, I'm going to go to Arizona. You just please hold on the fort. So not stay home. He flew home from the graduation. Sorry. Yeah, he yeah. flew home from the graduation. Yeah. So he flew home from the graduation and I flew to Arizona. So we had to like split up at the airport, which I couldn't emotionally handle either. Like the second he's like, all right, you got to go on this bus. And I got to go. I was like, you know, just all of a sudden being like alone without him also made me cry. So I was just like in the worst spot. And I just started. (laughs) I think I posted about this. I was, it was like, you have to laugh like at some point when you're like, just so emotional. He was flying United. I was flying Southwest. I remember talking about the, the San Diego airport in a recent trip we did or last year. And I was like, oh my gosh, I love it. No, I don't. I take it back. I think the last time we flew, it was like totally empty and not an issue. But I take back what I said. I do not love the San Diego airport. And um, what happened was, so I get into, I go through security and it is so busy, just packed. Nobody is wearing masks. I'm wearing a mask, mask the entire time I'm traveling, by the way. I couldn't find a place to sit. And I'm just emotionally wrecked, just so wrecked. So I can't find a place to sit and I'm really like, t- wanting to just sit in the middle of like, I don't know, a restaurant and cry and like drink myself silly because I'm just so like, I don't know what else to do. So part of me is like, maybe, oh, and my like phone is dying and I don't have, there's no plugs anywhere because everyone's sitting there, you know, those, that situation where everyone's sitting near a plug, people are sitting on the ground, not one space to sit. So I then think, okay, I'm going to go get some food. I'm going to go look for some food. So I don't know, in my delirium, I start walking towards some other, it says, oh, you're going to go to this gate. And part of me is like, oh, this is closer to the gate where I'm flying out of. So I turn this corner, which basically just spit me back out into baggage claim. And so I am all of a sudden not near any gates or food. I'm back out (laughs) near baggage claim. Did you have to go through security again? Oh, yeah, I did. So, but here's the kicker. I was in the wrong terminal. So Southwest has two terminals and I just wasn't paying attention. The guy who was telling, the guy who was like checking and saying like, this is B10 to whatever. I wasn't listening because I was just, again, not in my right mind. And so I was like, all right, well, screw this. I got to go get some food. (sighs) Got some food, sat and ate. And then I look up at the TV and it says, your flight is delayed. And I'm just like, I can't, I cannot. And it said 10 minutes. And I'm like, okay, 10 minutes I can do. Not even a second it's later. Never 10 minutes. Never. It's, it's never. never. It's never. And then I feel like second- 10 minutes like must be the default that they put in before they actually get the details. It's like what it like shows up while it's buffering. <laughs> totally. Or they're just like, we're just going to give you a heads up that this flight is canceled. We're going to start with 10 minutes. So yeah. I look up and I'm like, oh, it's delayed. And so I start seeing it go from 10 minutes to 30 minutes to an hour. And I'm like, this ain't good. Because if I've learned anything from Scott Parrish, the travel pro, is that they are just trying to delay the fact that the flight's going to get canceled. So I immediately start panicking. And I'm like, I can't sit in this godforsaken airport one more hour and just like wait for a flight while I'm just emotionally breaking down. And guys, I understand this is very drama filled, but like, this is just the reality of where I was. So I also feel like nothing feels as dramatic, like nothing is as dramatic. How am I trying to phrase this? The most dramatic feelings are felt in an airport. Like, I feel like if you are in an airport and you're by yourself and like the world is just buzzing around all around you, around you, and you, so many things are out of your control. 
And <laughs> like, right. And inevitably, I mean, I've told the story before where I like bo- broke down, like ugly crying in the security line at LAX because the security guard took away my snow globe. Yeah. When I was traveling, because it was like I was in New Zealand when like the three ounces of liquid rule happened. And so I flew home with this thing in my carry on and it stupidly counted as liquid, even though it was a snow globe and he took it away. And I was like sobbing because my boyfriend had broken up with me in New Zealand. And then I like also have spent a lot of time sobbing in the Vancouver airport, like in a corner. Uh, where else? Oh, the Seattle airport. That's when that lady, the stranger came up to me and gave me a hug. I know I've told that story because a boyfriend broke up with me again. In Vancouver, I was just having like a nervous breakdown because I had just gotten out, been, been in the woods for 30 days. And then I had to go to the Vancouver airport and like couldn't cope. I'm trying to think, but like, yeah, Airports I can't, are where a lot of things happen. It's a, it's a lot. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of, um, a lot of feelings and you can't, so you like cannot be alone. I feel like I also just, and maybe this is just people who I'm not flying does not make me nervous inherently, but the being up in the air in a metal tube, I'm fine with, but the process of flying puts me on so much edge that I feel like I'm already kind of right at my limit. Just being a part of that activity. Yeah. Like going to an airport. I'm like, yeah, I'm already at my limit. Yeah. This is where I was like, I will do anything to be wealthy enough to have a private jet. That's what the thought that was going through my head was like, 1 million percent. At this yeah. point, is there a 40 plus accounts for OnlyFans? Cause I'm ready to like. <laughs> who wants, who wants feet pics? You can have them. I mean, like, I don't I think just... we're going to get there with our, like, a, like a, our Joy and Claire Patreon that we've never actually activated, but. Hear our plea, listeners. Joy and Claire need to fly private. <laughs> we'll come and pick you up, we I swear. We will come and pick you up. There will be like a platinum membership you can have on our plane if you donate more than like $30. That is a steal. That is a steal. <laughs> and you get to ride with us. I don't know we're what else need, to tell you. I'm just we're gonna, The problem is, is that we're oh. going to need 100,000 of you to donate. Oh, God. <laughs> but that was literally going through my mind. I'm like, you know what? I will do anything. I will sell and do anything to not sit that I was in such a I was in such a place, guys. Okay, so where am I? Where did I leave off? I- Hold on. I would just like to make a call out for anyone out there who has a dramatic airport story of like, I mean, we all have the the airport horror stories of like things going wrong and people being horrible logistically. I'm more interested in like, have you experienced an emotional crisis? Yeah, I want to hear it. And I mean, I like the thing is, you know, people travel during very tragic times in their lives. Like if there's an emergency in your family or if somebody suddenly passes away, like you have to use an airport. Yeah. And, you know, but I think also there. Yeah. Anyway, there's a, a lot of big transitions happen right before you fly, like whether you're moving somewhere or you're leaving for college. Like tell us about a an interaction you had in an airport that should have been benign, but was so emotionally charged that you just broke down in tears. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm going to I'm about to tell you mine that continues. It'll just it just keeps unraveling. So I get some food, I eat, you know, I'm watching this uh, and I'm watching, I'm eating outside of the terminal, (laughs) watching the delay just continue. And so I'm like, okay, well, I have to eat this food before I go back through security because that is, can't bring like the drink. I, I got a beverage. I was like, can't bring liquid. That was a dumb choice, but at that point, if they, if they try to take your, like your beverage, it's going to be over. Oh, over. So I eat my meal and then I go again through security. I'll have to throw away my beverage because I'm like, I'm just not in the mood to sit here and down a soda. And I wanted to get closer to my gate to see like if I could get any information of how long it was going to be. 
If you have not yet gotten on the website, I think it's called Flight Tracker or Flight Something, you can actually see where your flight's coming from. And I do that all the time just to see like, all right, is the flight that I'm actually, is the plane that I'm actually supposed to be on going to be even leaving from where it's coming from? And some that, of your, yeah, some like the United app has that in there. The United, yeah, app does. Southwest did not. So I had to get on like Flight Tracker or whatever. And so I see that it's not leaving. I think it was Tahoe or something. Anyway, it doesn't matter, but it just wasn't leaving. So I go through security. I go through again to see if I can like get more information. I sit at a chair for a while. And that's when I'm like doing Instagram, like answering questions because I have all the time in the world. Then I see the flight is pushed out like another hour and a half, I think. So at this point, I'm in the airport for like four hours total, just sitting around with actually, you know, bumper, not bumper, (laughs) elbow to elbow, like shoulder to shoulder people. I don't know. Oh, here's, here's where I lose it. Okay. So I then realize I'm not going to make this flight tonight. I could actually get on, like this flight is very at risk of being canceled. So I'm going to try to get on another flight that's leaving around the same time. Like it doesn't matter now because this flight's leaving at 7 PM. There's a, there's a flight that leaves at 6:45. So I'm going to try to make this 6:45 flight. So I get to the gate agent and talk to her. We get the flight switched and she goes, Oh, but actually you have to go to the other terminal. <laughs> this is the third time. Third time I go through security. You have to go to the other terminal because it leaves out of B2. And I'm like, okay. So I forget that uh, while I'm sitting in that terminal, I had filled up my water bottle. So I'm having a nice little drink of water by myself and not even thinking that I have to go through security the third time and I have water in my water bottle. So I bet I also get checked through this third time, the third time of security. I also get checked for like a random scan of my electronics because I have two laptops because I need one for work and one for the podcast. And so they check my electronics and the guy is like, oh, and you have water in here. So you can either go outside, you know, go through security again and drink it all or throw it away. I don't know what the other option he gave me. Anyway, he just said you could either go back, empty it, throw it away. Or there was a third option. I don't remember. Maybe there wasn't. Throw it in my face out of pure rage. Yeah. Yeah. Part of me wanted to be like, is there an option C where you just turn the other way? Like, please. Right. Is there an option um, C where we just know this is water, fountain drinking water? Right. And this is like the so stupidest rule. And look, I thank goodness for TSA. This is not a TSA thing. I know they are doing their job. That was the first thing I go through in my head is like, every person is a terrorist in their mind. Like, I know that I can't like fight them on this. I did not even try to. But in my mind, I'm just like, please just have mercy on my soul. <laughs> And so he, the guy, I just have to say, this is where I almost like, I actually did start crying behind my mask and thank goodness I had a mask on because I was, they probably would have been like, whoa, this lady is actually at risk for doing something. He starts going through my, my laptops. He's like going through checking my laptops and he's giving me a lecture about not carrying water through security. And I just, I did tell him, I said, oh, I am so sorry. I just came from the other terminal. Totally forgot. Like normally when I come to the airport, I'm not filling up my I'm water not bottle. Yet, right. I have in fact flown since 2006. I, you know, I'm like, I just, I did not. Spare me your lecture. Yes, please this spare me the lecture. The I am a seasoned traveler, sir. I have a husband who it would probably lecture me for you. He would die of embarrassment. He would die of embarrassment, you know? And so I'm sitting there going, I, you know, I went in the other terminal. I just like, wasn't thinking my brain is not even working guys. And he's giving me a lecture. And then he goes, you know, next time just put ice in there. And I'm like, 
ice is water, sir. <laughs> I didn't say this, but I'm just like, ice. He goes, you can you can bring in ice and then just fill it up when you get past security. And I'm just thinking, so not the point. I don't care about your lecture about water. Please give me my computers. I am so not I crying out of fear no. of dehydration. No, no, no. And please don't <laughs> say any. And he said it probably five times to like really nail home the point. That got it. Got it. I got the ice. I will. Yeah, you can got put it. ice in there. And next time, you know, you just can't bring water through. Uh, but you can put ice in there. And so I'm just like, oh, mama. The guy says, do you want to throw it away or do you want to keep it? And I just said, just toss it. Immediately regretted my decision as I watched him carry my water bottle. It was like a nice, whatever those metal ones are. It was nice. It was a small one. But we've had it for ages. But it had a Canaan Companion sticker on it. And I just thought, I'm never going to get that back. And (laughs) I start crying. Not in front of them, but I start crying like more behind my mask. And so I take my bags and I go up the stairs and I am at this point, you know, that it was ugly cry where you can't, not even a mask will save you. And like the more you try to resist it, the and more so it's I am just like, like bubbling up. Totally. It is like the word vomit of cry where you're just like, and I just start sobbing and tears are squirting out my eyes and people are walking towards me totally looking at me like, Oh no, is she okay? Like I would, I wish someone that saw me would have given me a hug. And then I go into the bathroom and I sit in the stall and I just bawl. And I just, am like, just get it out. This is so dumb. You're going to laugh at this one day, but you're just so emotionally raw that you have to get like emotional over losing a water bottle that you could easily replace. So finally get to Arizona finally make it to my friend's house. We have a good laugh over me losing the water bottle because, you know, that's just, I told her the story on the drive home. I've never been so happy to be like out of an airport and into like a house and a home. So let's take a quick break. (laughs) Let's take a breather because we still have to, we we still have to hear about your midlife crisis. That was all just, but I'm, I'm just going to wait. You have to hear about my what? Your midlife crisis. You oh my already. gosh! You open this whole episode saying you're going through a midlife crisis. Yeah, I'm just leaving everybody hanging. You know, it's probably no surprise at this point that something's. I was going about on to say me. maybe we should like wait another week and see how you feel. Oh, uh, I don't know. It's been lingering. This was like pre-cadet that it's been like lingering. Okay, but, okay. Let, maybe Ned can save me. I know if anyone can. <laughs> so we want to tell you guys about our favorite CBD company, Ned. Ned is the maker of our favorite CBD products and also some of our other favorite botanical products or mineral products. I love their mellow drink blend, which I take every night and as well as the daily blend, which is their full spectrum hemp tincture. The way that I use it is that I take the CBD right after I brush my teeth. I take the mellow probably about an hour before I go to bed. So it's like mellow, hang out for a minute, and then CBD right before bedtime. It does taste a little skunky, but I kind of have come to enjoy it. And it just really helps calm me down. The magnesium is actually also something that um, my neurologist suggested to me for my migraines. So And it also helps me with, I have restless legs and restless arms. Obviously this is not medical advice. This is just the way that I use it. But you know, a lot of people reach out to us and say, Hey, can you tell us exactly what it is you're, you're doing with it and exactly, you know, what you use to find it effective. So that is how I love to use it. Those are my favorite products. I just got a new batch got delivered last week. It was so exciting when it shows up. You're just like, so excited. My little allies are here. I got to order mine and I do, I've said this before, but the mellow magnesium, is so helpful when you really need to like feel calm because the second I drink it, I'm like, 
and it tastes good. And, and it's it just like good. this nice little ritual. It is kind of like, I, and now I feel like when I start to drink the magnesium, maybe this is a placebo effect, but it feels like my body knows, okay, like we're getting, it's almost bedtime. We can sort of start to chill and it signals not just the ingredients, but also just the ritual of drinking it and making yes. it tells my body like, okay, it's time to wind down. That's what they say about sleep is make a routine. So your body gets the signal. It's sleepy time. The other thing that I love is that Ned has full transparency. So they share their third-party lab reports, who farms their products and their extraction process all right there on their site. You can support the podcast, become the best version of yourself and get 15% off Ned products with code JOY. Go to helloned.com forward slash JOY or enter code JOY at checkout. That's H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com slash JOY to get 15% off. Thank you, Ned, for sponsoring the show and offering our listeners a natural remedy for some of life's most common health issues. All right. So to recap the, the, the following like couple of days, you ha- you went to this great wedding. It was fantastic. And then you s- were feeling alone under the well what the weather, tested for COVID just to be sure, but we're pretty sure you didn't have it. And then lo and behold, it was positive. Mm-hmm. You found your way back to Colorado as safe as you could. You have sort of just emerged from the COVID yeah. timeframe. Yeah. yeah, just emerged from the COVID timeframe, which thank goodness this is where I'm like, for what has it been two years that I have dodged COVID somehow and who knows where I got it. I don't think it was at the wedding. It could have been at the wedding, but the numbers didn't add up of like when I started having symptoms really could have been anywhere to be honest. Like at this point, everything just seems to be risky. And I think what really hit home for me with this whole experience, I just have to say is how important it is to just still be careful and get vaccinated. And I am so grateful that I have the vaccine and the booster because my symptoms were pretty darn mild. I attribute it to the vaccine and the booster, but you just never know. It hits people so different. And, you know, every single person that's had COVID has told me like a different version of like what they've experienced. And so I was just grateful that my symptoms improved pretty quickly, meaning like they say after I think it's day five that you've tested positive, that if your symptoms are improving, continue to wear a mask, but you can go out. I've just been more on the careful side of like only going out if I have to like grab groceries or food or something, but it was pretty darn mild. I was just, I was just terrified because I was around my family and I made sure everyone tested to make sure they didn't get it, but it was just an, it kind of ruined the trip from the standpoint of like, I had to cut it home. I had to cut it early to get home safely. So I wasn't around the people that I was like staying with because they have elderly people in the house and it just was all around a very bad situation. So I don't know if I'm going to be traveling anytime soon because that like really freaked me out. But where where did I leave off? Because I feel like this whole episode is me just yapping my trap. And um, <laughs> well, we were going to talk about your your midlife crisis. Okay, I'm going to gloss over it because here's what I want people to like weigh in on is, and it, it couldn't. I kind of tongue in cheek say mid- midlife crisis, but I would say in the past six months, mm, four months, I don't know, four to six months, I've been feeling just kind of chronic doom and gloom. And at first I was like, well, maybe this is still seasonal affective disorder. Maybe this is just the state of the world. Maybe it's a lot of things. And it could very well be, I see a lot of people in practice and therapy where kind of like the daily drains of the pandemic and the state of the world that kind of like chip away like a death by a thousand paper cuts type of thing is finally starting to kick in. At least for me, that's what it feels like. And I just can't, I'm starting to like get into that mode of, are things ever gonna get better? You start kind of like catastrophizing the world. And I know everyone can like relate to this on some level, 
but it's affecting my mood so much that I'm like, I just like, I can't get into a happy place. And I'm like, is it, am I just experiencing a midlife crisis of like existential? What am I doing with my life? Or is it the weight of the world just so freaking heavy right now that it feels like nothing is getting better. And so I kind of joke midlife crisis, but I'm also like, well, maybe there's more to it. If anyone else out there is kind of experiencing that like ongoing doom and gloom from what we've all collectively experienced in the past few years, especially, I mean, it's just been a lot. And so I think I didn't want to put on this like happy face that things have been going well because they haven't felt good. I know you mentioned that kind of last episode of like how you can't even think about the current events because it's so much and you just can only focus on dealing with what is in front of you with your family. And I think what I came to realize is I was pushing so hard to trying to just like get to a point of feeling okay. And I'm like, I don't feel okay either. And I don't really have the energy. All I can do right now is focus on raising these dogs. Like that's the only thing that I can focus on that gives me like a little bit of joy and hope. And so that's a little bit scary because that's the whole thing that I talked about last time is like, oh, don't don't get to a point where you're just kind of like almost giving up in a way. But I don't know how to get, I don't know how to course correct. And so that's kind of like where I'm at. <laughs> that's all. Just, I mean, I think midlife crisis is probably, you know, a little bit of it, but maybe like of like a, hey, if it's not going to get better now, then when is it going to get better? And, you know, am I going to... Well, let me add to this too, yes. now that I think about it, is a lot of mental health professionals are getting super burnt out. So and that's, that's uh, luckily I work with for a company that is so good about taking care of mental health workers. Like they, they do a good job, but I don't know any amount of caretaking you can do to not make it really emotionally draining on you. And so I'm starting to see the effects of that. And that's concerning to me. And there's times when, and I hope if, my like current employers listening to this is like absolutely nothing to do with them at all because they're amazing. But there's a part of me that sometimes wants to be like, can I just go work at Whole Foods and like bag groceries and like do something that just doesn't, and these moments are fleeting, I get it. But like, just sometimes you want to not have to take on so much. And I'm sure nurses are feeling this way. I'm sure teachers are feeling this way. I'm sure doctors, I mean, so... I know as you were describing that feeling of like, you know, being at a point where there's just so much going on and it feels like it's just relentless and endless. And is it ever going to get better? What I was thinking of, and you know, we don't again, ascribe ever to comparative suffering on this podcast, but I think that what you're describing is something I have heard people, regardless of their career, regardless of their situation, really describe at varying points in the last two years. And for some people, um, it was right away, you know, for some people. So I think especially people who had like young kids at home or people who right. like, were not able to keep working, yeah. felt it immediately. And then, you know, maybe it was when the vaccine came out and, and like you had to go head to head with people you were close with about their beliefs about vaccines. And that's when, you know, you started feeling like I can't do this anymore. Or maybe it was when your office opened back up and you try to be back in person and, you know, it just like you had to really question the priorities that you had to that company. And maybe that was when you thought like, I can't do this anymore. Like, I think there has been a different breaking point for everyone. And I don't think I know a single person, you know, I think you had a similar kind of thing last year where you, when you were recovering from your job situation, mm-hmm. 
part of me kind of wonders if like that, the fact that you had that happen sort of covered up a lot of the Mm. stuff from the pandemic because like you were so focused on, on getting over that. Yeah. And And I was like in survival mode because I was just like, I have to like, I had one sole focus, which was like, what am I going to do next with my life? And, and that, that could be very true for sure. Because yeah, I think like it's what you're describing is something that is a really shared experience. And I don't think it's necessarily like I was about to say, like midlife crisis might be part of it about, you know, sort of maybe that adds into the factoring of like just pondering your mortality. But I think that this is a really universal limit that a lot of people have reached at varying points. And maybe, you know, maybe you're the your breaking point was just you know going to the store and for the fifth time they d- didn't have the you know the brand of cream cheese that you really wanted you know like it doesn't have to be something monumental but just like you were saying death by a thousand paper cuts whether you did have a huge moment or whether whether you did have that huge moment of trying to work from home with three school age kids while you tried to homeschool them or whatever or whether you just got to this point of like I just can't trudge through the mud anymore I think that what you're experiencing is so common right now and not to not to minimize it at all but instead to say that, like no, I don't think I, this is like no I want it to be like I I think that's where I'm kind of like just voicing it because I feel like I I'm the type of person that tends to be like I'm going to handle it. I'm going to be the helper. I'm going to be the one that's got like the crap together. And it's just exhausting. And I'm, yeah. will it get better? I think so. But I think I don't do a good job of acknowledging when I'm in a bad place because it kind of like scares me that I'm not going to get out of it. <laughs> For sure. I think that that's really, I think that also is, is common and is something that maybe not common, but it's not like, it's not like you are broken for feeling that way or that, you know, there's anything that about what you're, there's nothing about what you're saying. That's like, wow, Joy, I really don't understand where that could be coming from. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> you're so like, weird. I'm over here watching Wizard of Oz and yeah. eating popcorn every day. I'm just oh, laying on the couch eating bonbons all which, day. Which by the way, I know that I tend to do this too when I'm in this like sad place is, you know, my favorite like cupcakes and cashmere account. Yes. Uh-huh. Like her Instagram is constant, like living in Los Angeles every single day. She'll like go to a bakery. Right. She lives your like dream life. She, she lives my dream like, life. And she goes to Nordstrom like five times a week. Shops, wears cute clothes, has like beautiful, cute family, a beautiful home. And I tend to do that like cycle of I- idolizing where I'm just like, oh man, my life just totally sucks. I don't have like this. And so that's when you, I know I'm in the danger zone because I'm like, stop like idolizing someone else's life. <laughs> and even she posted. She posted all the posted time. The other, day, the other day that was like, hey, I just wanted to be open that like I'm going through something really hard right now and I'm having a hard yeah. time. And like, yeah, yeah. So even she's like she the first not- to admit, she's like, yeah. I have panic attacks. I have major right. anxiety. And I'm like, and I still will do that and I'll live it. It's and you would also like, hate that life. You would hate it. Yeah. You would I mean, hate, it, like, truly, but it's a way for me to no, like justify that I feel crappy about my life. And so it's you're not like living in like a mansion. Yeah. You're life. picking at a scab of like being like, oh, I just want to self inflict this wound. It's like <laughs> this pain. Fair. Guys, I'm fine. It's okay. I'm just. This is I'm, not a cry for help. No, 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 no. <laughs> oh my God. No. Uh, it's more of just like, I just gotta, like, I gotta yeah. air it. We yep. gotta let it out and then yep. we gotta deal with it and we will. Okay. This was a lot of my heaviness on this episode. I feel like it was That's just right. like, I cried in lead. last week's episode. So I think you're in the clear. Well, this is just how it's going to be, you know, <laughs> we just, 
you can, you know, the best part about it is that this is joy and clear. And it really is. And life is just the way it is. But uh, we are here for you. We'd love to hear your stories about emotional breakdowns. Yeah. How you're doing? How are you doing? Out of airports. I think too, like I read something the other day that was talking about summer break and how, you know, we're all so conditioned to like really look forward to summer and see it as this big, like, release and it's supposed to be really relaxing and recharging. And that's actually not the reality when you're an adult. And so I think it's like easy to set yourself up for failure when you are imagining the way summer is going to be. And then you get, you know, you're halfway through summer and you're like, wait a minute, my life is actually kind of the same no matter what I do, except like now in the summer, it's harder to put my kids to bed because it doesn't get dark till 830, nine o'clock. And I have to pay for my kid to go to camp. (laughs) Well, that's the other thing that I've like, I'm glad you brought that up. Because when I was starting to feel that like lingering sadness continue through the like spring and then summer, I'm like, wait a minute, this is supposed to be gone. After the winter, like having that expectation on summer to all of a sudden be like this magical, fun, happy time. I was like, Oh no! All, the only thing that's changed, the only the only objective thing that's different is like slightly more vitamin D availability. Slightly more, which I actually and, was so desperate the other day. <laughs> uh, I went to Target and bought, which I'm sure Laura Lagos would be joy. Like this is not, not really, going to work, but I did. And you bought what? Vitamin D gummies that were like happy something that like the right. whole title was like be happy. And I'm like, I'm sure I could eat this entire thing. It's not going to fix anything. But just like the placebo effect. I needed something. And every happy once candies. in a while, I will do a placebo effect of That's something. Uh, because serotonin to, is also real. Yeah, it is. And I think that, you know, there's something to that. There's something to like believing that whatever you're getting is going to help and you are like taking actions to help fix yourself. And that is. I mean, and they're delicious and I love gummy yeah, vitamins and I don't care. I love a gummy vitamin. Yeah. I was talking to my, um, so my friend is an ER doctor and she is really involved in Canine Companions as well. And I was asking her, we were texting back and forth because she had COVID recently too. And I said, she said something about an IV drip for vitamins. And I go, do those IV bars really help? She's like, I don't see why you can't absorb vitamins through your mouth. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's true. She's like, no, basically like- just pee the whole thing out. And uh, anyway, I just thought it was funny. Like, I don't right. see why Unless you can't absorb like- vitamins through your mouth. <laughs> right. Unless you are like in a, a medical situation where you have to have things delivered in a certain right. format. Which is like, to be go fair, drink, go drink a noon tablet. To be fair, I've done an IV drip before of those sure. vitamins just because I wanted a placebo effect. Like, I will do stupid crap like that, guys, just to be like, this feels like a fun toy to play with. Anyway, let's end. And let's just, <laughs> like, take a pause on all of this so people can chime in. Because I really, I like, I need some people right now. I need people to, like, come in and say, this is also something I'm going through. <laughs> I need some community support, selfishly. Maybe it is a cry for help. <laughs> We're just going to leave all this drama here. Not drama. You know what I mean. We're going to leave all this, all of the strife here in the episode. Close the burn book. Close it. You know what? That I love it. This is why that exists. Close Mm -hmm. it. Put in the burn book so we can move on. I feel better already. Great. All right. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for hanging with us this week. You can find us on Instagram at joyandclaire underscore. You can go to our beautiful website, joyandclaire.com. You can email us. This is joyandclaire at gmail.com. We know they're all different. We, we can't do anything about it. We can't. We can't help you. I, I, you know, choices were made long ago. <laughs>
Don't forget to support the sponsors who support our podcast. Go to hellonet.com. That's H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com. Use discount code JOY for 15% off your order. Check out the Mellow if you're not ready to try CBD or if you're just not into it. We love it. It's like, and it's also just so tasty. Get the Meyer lemon. It's just like a little cup of calm. And we will talk to you guys next Thursday, just like we have every Thursday for the last nine years. And ever and ever again, if you're still hanging on, even after today's episode. We appreciate you. We invite you onto our private jet. (laughs) There'll be a Patreon link sent out later. (laughs) All right, guys. Bye. Bye.